All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck. What's the difference with Al and Tom? You're one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to What's the Difference Podcast Halloween Spooktacular. Ooh. I'm your host. <laughs> Very nice. I'm your host, Tom Bruno. I'm David Raby. Ah, yes. You hear the dulcet tones that are not the British gentleman that I saw I, I seduced into the dark side of recording. It's the Sorry other. to disappoint kids. No way. It's never a disappointment when we have you on the show, sir. It's it's always a great fucking feat and a good time too. Look at that. Look at the way you pour that bottle. So sophisticated. I love this is it. a handle of wild turkey, man. Fucking love this Jesus shit. <laughs> I'm drunk looking at it. All right, guys. So if you know anything about me, I love a good book. I love a good book, something fierce. And um, it is the month of October. And let me take you in the way back machine, way back to last year. I was listening to horror books, books about horror, clearly. Um, and when I was trying to dodge the infinite list of Chuck Tingle books, I found a very interesting book called Taking Shape. <laughs> And the premise was thus. Um, it is essentially um, going over the entire history of the Halloween franchise. The, the pitfalls, the, 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 the rise to the tops, the movies that never got made, um, and explanations and interviews. with It, it was so incredibly in-depth. It's like if, you, if I could have gotten a PhD in Halloween after reading this book, I would have gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have lorded it over everyone and be like, look at my fucking doctorate, bitches. Um, but I didn't get a PhD, but I enjoyed the fuck out of the book. So because I enjoyed the fuck out of the book, the next thing I stumbled across was by the same authors. It was it was a book called book called Slash the Titans. And when back in like 2005 or something like that, um, I was at the drive-ins. Seeing Freddy vs. Jason, I waited for a cut to get there because um, it was late coming from New York. So we had to watch The Ring 2 first uh, and just to wait for Freddy vs. Jason to get there. I, we, I, I, I love those franchises. So, of course, the two meeting up together and having a brawl is something I was very, very interested in. And so a book talking about everything. And I was like, oh, wow, it's got to be like, a, like an hour-long book. It's like 20 hours long or some shit. It's a very long book because there's such a rich history to this idea, this concept of two titans of horror fighting that I had no idea about. So once again, listen to the entire thing, love the fucking thing. Never thought in a million years I'd have one of the authors here, but hey, this is the way that the cookie crumbles, guys. So let's all give a <laughs> warm welcome to one of the authors of these books, including uh, Taking Shapes 2, uh, Mr. Dustin McNeil. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, guys. It's great to be here. Now, I, I got to ask, like, are you just horror born? Like, I mean, clearly you get you got the guy from Trick or Treat. You got a Frankenstein behind you. Michael Myers mask. You must love yourself some horror. Yeah, I do. You know, but you also caught me in October and in my household in October, we do it right. Every room has some kind of representation for the holiday, which is also not that different from year round. But we really go big. <laughs> In October. So you don't leave Frankenstein up there during like Christmas. So like you're decorating. Just put a little hat on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's Christmas time, dude. You could do like Kevin McAllister from Home Alone yeah. and like make him dance. So when burglars <laughs> right. start to break in your house, fucking right. like, don't go in there. There's a guy dancing near the window. 
We haven't. We just got Frankenstein, and I haven't yet figured out how I'm going to talk my wife into leaving him up for Christmas. Maybe it's a Santa hat. I don't yeah, know. Santa hat, little robe. Be like, honey, I'm really into cuck porn right now, and this is oh the easiest God. way I could have somebody watch <laughs> us fuck without <laughs> it being weird. He's just a dead guy. Come on, but get him a bag with body parts. He's like, oh, I brought more body parts to make a Franken wife. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my god, what a weird concept, by the way. If you think about like Frankenstein, <laughs> it's all about like let's just take a bunch of dead bodies and sew them together and shock. It's the gonna shit be the Boris Karloff Christmas special of Frankenstein. <laughs> Amazing. So were you were you a giant Halloween fan? I'd imagine. You gotta be. You wrote a fucking book around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, huge, huge Halloween fan. Um, and you know, I would love, would have loved to have written that as my first book, but you know, you got to have some balls to come out of the gate with a book on like such a top shelf franchise. I didn't. Right. I had to build up to it. So I wrote, I wrote three or four books first, and then I said, okay, I've got the confidence, I can do Halloween now. And uh, it was my fourth and fifth book. Really? What, what were the books before that? Because I only saw those on Audible. I only saw the two Taking Shapes and uh, and Freddy vs. Jason slash the Titans. My first book um, was Phantasm Exhumed, which is all about the Phantasm franchise. Uh, okay. I had a second. I had a second Phantasm book as well, and um, that turned those turned out pretty well. I mean, they they kind of launched my modest little career, and then I did, like you mentioned, Slash of the, yes. of the Titans. Yes. which is all about Freddy and Jason. And then I did a book, which I don't have with me, on the Jaws ride. It used to be in Universal Orlando. Uh, it's no longer there, mm-hmm. but it was there for 20 years. And so I did the Jaws ride book. Oh, thank God. And uh, I was four books later, I was finally ready to do Taking Shape and, and talk about Halloween. I now need to read all the rest of those books. They are so well written, man. Like, I mean, like I really felt like I actually learned. I I love the amount, especially in Slash the Titans, because I I love Freddy Krueger. I when I was like eleven years old, I got the VHS box set. Like, I I grew up on Freddy. He's my man. And of course, you know, loving horror as much as I did. I think every kid loves horror in some form or fashion. Like whether they can handle the scarier or the scarier stuff, or they just watch like a poltergeist. Every kid likes it. So, no, you. I mean, that's kind of my question. Is like uh, Dustin. Like, what was it that? What were you like? Some of your youngest memories of Halloween. What was it that drew you to like Halloween and the horror genre? Really. So I, I started off on the Universal Monster Classics. Like in the very early '90s, I did I did all of those and were so, oh yeah and were so I was so addicted <laughs> to it. Like I was going to school mm-hmm. and asked my friends like, "Do you watch Frankenstein?" And they're like, "Yeah, we, we watch Frankenstein." And I'm like, "It's like seven year old me going, well, do you like Karloff or, or Cheney or Strange? Like, who do you like?'" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Well, you don't know who these guys are." Like I was that weird kid. And then you know, from from the Universal Monsters, I graduated into Hammer, which was color and a little bloodier. Mm, and then yeah. eventually, one day, I I got into Halloween. Uh, just before my teenage years, I watched it during the daytime with lights on the windows. You know, and it still in <laughs> the whole family was there. I couldn't be alone. <laughs> still scared me. It didn't matter. It didn't matter that it was daytime and I wasn't alone. I was terrified. It was so scary. 
Well, it's it's really well done. Like that era of horror is just something to be like beholden. Um, when I when I was really young, I saw uh, Dawn of the Dead. Like I, I didn't see Night of the Living Dead first. I saw Dawn of the Dead first, and because the practical effects in the movie and and Tom Savini's um, love of his craft, like I I end up loving so much in that film. So I had so much love for that film that I bought the special edition like thirty year anniversary box set which had like 20 hours of tom savini makeup to him just sitting in that fucking mall wow. just, you know makeup after makeup and i loved it so much so i started doing like you know practical shitty makeup just because how much i love that fucking movie i think everybody has that movie right like that really kind of like draws out the the next like uh, 10 20 years of your life and what you're going to accept as proper horror for you halloween for me this what yeah. was yours, David? like the movies that set the standard for you what you expect yeah. out of a yeah for sure i think for me that one would be like evil dead i think i saw that when i was like 10 or 11 years old whoa I, I yeah i uh so my childhood was just like everybody else's except um i had like two really good friends and my friend Danny had his older brother, Carlos. And he was the one who was always like telling us, you know, okay, you know, we're on our way to Blockbuster for the weekend, you know, going to go rent a movie. He's like, okay, go get this one. Go get this one. Go get this one. Like, you know, he was always recommending us shit to watch. So stuff like The Thing, we also saw that when we were like 10 or 11 years old. So that was just, you know, a mind fuck. So it's like, I'm so desensitized now watching that shit growing up. It's like, come on, like watch stuff now. I'm like, come on, is this really? I'm like, eh. What <laughs> is what's better? What's better though? Evil Dead One or Evil Dead Two? How dare you ask us to pick? How dare you? Yeah. Well, because they're two totally different films, right? The, yeah, the two's well, two's kind of like what fits in the in the movies at like because you see Evil Dead One and you come to expect something. It's a horror film. It's a great horror film. It's an amazing indie horror film. But, yeah. But then you see Evil Dead Two and it kind of sets the tone for everything else that's to follow from that mm -hmm. fucking movie. And I they're both amazing on their you know own respects. But I would yeah. go with Evil Dead Two being because it's just more fun it's a, it's a more fun horror movie obviously. i gotta go it with really the first is. one yeah really yeah Ooh. i'll go with the first one your choice yeah, um no. so you you write books about horror movies i mean clearly you you love horror movies and that's why you do it but i mean like what what did you always want to be a writer what kind of pointed you in the direction of, of doing the, the extensive my next question movies yeah <laughs> yeah um, no, I didn't always want to be a writer. It was, uh, you know, it was like, um, I guess like well, 15 years ago or so I was like a big phantasm nerd. I still am a big phantasm nerd, but I was, I was then too. I, uh, I had a fan website, which I still have. Uh, and I was, you know, wanting to document phantasm. And I realized I, I befriended a lot of the cast and crew. I became really close with like Angus Scrim and Michael Baldwin and the actors and talking to them, I just kind of realized this franchise desperately needs a book, like a big ass, detailed, thick 200 photo book. And I spent the next four to five years figuring out how to write and create and do that. And uh, eventually it came out in 2014, uh, Phantasm Exhumed. And I gotta say for, for a first time author, I'm, I was really proud of how it turned out. Angus Scrim, the tall man, wrote the introduction. I got over 60 interviews. I mean, I just, I, I'm very fond of, of how that, the support it got and how it turned out. And it was pretty well received too. And so based on that success, I said, okay, well, let me try and what else can I write about? And that's when I was like, everyone seems to crap on Freddy versus Jason. I just think it's fun. I just think it's yes. fun. It's just, it's just right. fun. 
it's not great. It's fun. And so mm. I said, let me write a book about that. And I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm moving on up slowly. And it's got Catherine Isabel in it. I mean, come on, that's just top notch. Oh my god! Like I saw Ginger Snaps when I was in high school, and my no, my, my yeah. one of my teachers, he was a really good guy. He was friends with Flyboy from Dawn of the Dead. Like he was friends with Dave Emge. It was, so, it was such a weird thing. Um, and he owned a comic book shop, and he was like, I told him how much I love werewolf movies. I'm like, oh, Dog Soldiers is fucking like one of the greatest films of all time, you know. And, and he's like, oh, you ever seen Ginger Snaps? And I and it was a really weird film to like recommend. I mean, it's a great Canadian horror film, but it's mm-hmm. it's all about girls kind of going into womanhood. And I'm like, I'm a fucking right. boy. I, I have I can't relate to this until you see Catherine Isabel turn to werewolf. You're like, oh, I I understand everything. I love this movie. Tell me more, werewolf lady. <laughs> Speaking of werewolves, I just totally remembered the dream that I had last night. It was about Silver Bullet. Oh yeah, I'm you so guys remember sorry. that movie? Yeah, yeah, I like. The- yeah, I know. And Gary, crazy Gary Busey was in my dream too. I'm like, fuck, what the hell? <laughs> Is he talking to you Shit. or something? Yeah, Uncle Gary. Oh, it was just you. weird, man. Like, go ride yeah, the like it's all Uncle Gary. Just um, stay still. You're going to bed. So I, I like to think of myself as a giant horror nerd. Like I tend to know some things, you know, when I go in a room, like, you know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, how many pints of blood got dumped on the carry, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like, I thought I was a Freddy Krueger nerd until I read Slash of the Titans. How the fuck did you stumble upon like the wealth of, of history behind that? I mean, like, because to anyone that it goes, Okay, Jason goes to hell. He go the hand goes up. He takes down Freddy's mask or Jason's mask, and then bam, that's what kicks off the concept of Freddy versus Jason. And then eventually a movie comes out. Like, but there was so much more to it than that. How how did you stumble upon that that well? So, uh, Slash of the Titans uh, isn't about. It's not your usual movie making book. It's not about the effects. It's not about the actors. It's not about mm-hmm. the music or the cinematography. It's actually about the development of Freddy versus Jason because they spent over a decade trying to get it right and they went through uh, 17 screenwriters to get the final script. And so Slash the Titans has 10 chapters and each one looks at a different version they officially considered, like that New Line Cinema paid for and was like developing and doing. And not only is, is there 10 different versions of the script, and I mean really different versions, but I was somehow able to get most of the screenwriters involved and Robert England to, to talk about it, to like really candid, candidly just talk about what they were planning and why it went wrong and what it was like. And and I was just, it's still fascinating to me. The what, it's like, what if, you know, that Marvel TV show that just came out, it's like, oh, what yeah. could have been? Yeah. And that's what Splash <laughs> of the Titans is all about. Because if you hated the Freddy versus Jason we got, Wait till you see what we could have gotten. But some of them weren't bad. Some of them were really no, good. no, they were. Oh, like the, David, there was a couple in there. Like there was about like a Freddy cult, and there were so many different concepts. I was like, wow, that would have been a really great fucking movie. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they see the potential out of all the out of all the developmental deals they had? Which one do you think had the most uh, potential, Dustin? That's so hard to answer because I'm actually uh, a fan of just about every script in the book. Like I'm so easy as a fan to please. Like I just, I love different versions, but the one you just talked about, the one you just talked about was the first script they considered by a writer named Lewis Abernathy. Mm. This guy was crazy fascinating to talk to. And let me tell you why he was a cast member in Titanic. What? He was, he was the big bearded guy on the research vessel that takes the old lady out to sea. Like he had dialogue. Yeah. 
Uh, that's him. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he was also he was also and this is documented like you can you can go and look this up in books. It's true. He was the ins- one of the inspirations for the dude in the big Lebowski. Re- wow. Really? Yeah. He's a weapons expert. He's a special effects dude. He's a screenwriter. He's a deep sea oceanographer like the most interesting move over the Dos Equis guy, because this is the most interesting. He wrote a Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> He's the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> That's that is a lot to cover, man. Holy shit. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's our, really our Ernest all the screenwriters. Right. That's fucking But amazing. I'm sorry, oh. I have to dodge the question because picking my favorite is uh it, whichever one I read last, that's my favorite. Excellent, excellent, excellent answer. Um there's there's always, of course, favorites in the Halloween franchise. Like I, I tend to like them all. I, I take them as is and they're just, you know, they're they're fine for what they are. Which Halloween movie do you feel really does gets a bad rap and why? The easy answer is Halloween three. So I'm not gonna say Halloween three, but I love Halloween three. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the answer the answer I'm gonna give is the one that I take the most crap for, but I'll defend it till I die. Mm. Halloween H two O. I know it's mm. like Scream. I know it's like Scream. I it was just maybe it was my first Halloween on the big screen. It was yes. it was the first one I got to experience that way. It is so special to me. And yes. to bring Jamie Lee Curtis back was yes. such an amazing thing. Like it was an at the time it was an event. It, it okay, I the only reason I don't like the new Halloween movies and I do like the new Halloween movies. So it's really like a double-sided sword. I love Halloween Kills. I love the last Halloween. I thought they were very very good. I love bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back. I like making her a strong female character again. But mm-hmm. the fact is that H2O already made her an incredibly strong character. Right. Like they they re- they really kind of like ruined it with the movie that came after it because that that mm-hmm. scene I I watch it every Halloween. Like I'll be watching it tomorrow night. That'll be what I'll, my viewing pleasure. Um when she busts open the the case for the axe and she's fucking had enough Ooh, man. She starts yes. screaming Michael's yes. name, dude, because all this time she's been running and cowarding and trying to be as quiet as a mouse, trying to escape from the boogeyman. Now she's like, "Nope, had it. Had it." You're taking everything. You're not taking him too. And she starts calling. You know, I'm getting goosebumps right now. It's fucking dope. People, dope people stuff. clapped <laughs> in my theater. People were clapping when that happened. And just before it, I was really confused because she sent John and Molly away to get help. And she yep. closes the gates to the school and she smashes the control panel with a rock. And I'm like, why would you do that? What's going on? And then she kicks in the case. And it's like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing that I don't like out of that scene is right as she's telling the kids to drive down the road to the McKenzie's or the whatever, because it's, it's virtually the same exact line they took from Scream. And I understand yeah. it. You know, like I I, re- I did read the book and I, I do get it and everything because um, there was a Scream did so incredibly well. So like, yo, yo, take everything from that fucking movie we're gonna implement it in this movie and it kind of worked it, it, it kind of worked um but the the movie's amazing the the movie that came out prior to that halloween the curse of michael myers i feel like it, it it's good but it gets a really bad rap because they entered a lot of mysticism into it i mean but paul rudd's in the fucking thing that is like something people tend to forget is that the amazing paul rudd's <laughs> all over that motherfucker <laughs> the immortal paul rudd the immortal doesn't age paul oh rudd. god i know right the thing about Halloween Six is it's 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 I, I love Halloween Six even though I know the story and the screenplay is absolute mindfuck garbage. Like it doesn't make sense. It can't possibly. 
but the characters are great. This, the acting is great. The atmosphere and the, every every single thing else about it is great. I love uh, Mitch Ryan as Dr. Wynn. Mm. Paul Rudd is great. Marianne Hagen is great. It's all so good. It just doesn't make sense. No, if you no, get past it, it's the good. Thorn. If, if, if you... Okay, see, I see... How old are you, Dustin, by the way? I got, I got to get past that. How old are you? 35. Dude, so we're the same age, and that's why you and me have the same experiences. I, I think that the reason that we're so easy to please is because we came up in a time when there was really bad horror movies that, that were accepted as good at that point. So, like, by the time that we yeah. get into it, they're like, oh, you know, Critters is great. Critters is fucking fanatic. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Go- Have you seen Ghoulies, guys? Ghoulies is so great. And we're like, yeah, it is great. This is amazing. And at the time, there were some of the shittiest movies out there. But because that was, like, the start of it all, we just come to accept everything. We're like, yeah, that's great. What? Jason's jumping bodies and eating hearts now? Cool. I take it. Fucking why not? You can do whatever he wants. It's Jason Boyce. There you go. <laughs> Jason's going to go to the top of a, a building in Manhattan and box a dude? Sure. Or why not? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Just so long as there's another videotape on the store shelf when yes. I go back, I'm happy. Yes. yes. Oh, and we got to go into like such deep sagas. We the only we only got to see a couple rise from we when we started. Right? There's only a couple that really came out and stick around. Uh, Scream, Urban Legends. Um, mm-hmm. uh, blah, blah. I know what you did last summer. Those are the movies that kind of like came out in our heyday. I would say, and they kind of stuck Saw around. Also. Yes, saw saw is a very valuable. Yeah. I remember being really gypped. I felt really gypped. We went, my friends. We decided to came out on Halloween. We decided to skip trick or treating because you know, I don't know why. Trick or treating. I love trick or treating. I wish I could do it now. I know, right? I'm like, fine, let's go watch this movie. And like the whole gimmick was like this guy cuts off his own leg, and so the whole fucking movie we're just waiting and waiting. We're like, come on, cut your fucking leg off. Like we've already Where's been the- so desensitized by <laughs> the other horse shit that we saw as kids. We're like, yeah, this isn't gonna affect us. And like at the very end, you barely see it happen. Like. Where's oh, all man. the saws and saw? It's in the title. Yeah. I know it's any saws. Oh it, he threw dude. the one saw in the tub. What the fuck is going on? It was just so that misleading. Movie. That movie's brilliant, though. <laughs> like, let's let's. I all like just it. I love it. Deck. Do that first. If I go movie. back, maybe yeah. Oh, uh, dude, go back and watch it. it it's it's one yeah. of those movies, kind of like the first Blair Witch. We were talking about it earlier. How the incredible marketing of that film and like how they're able to keep it quiet and people are going nuts thinking it was real found footage. Apparently, they never yeah. saw the Poughkeepsie <laughs> tapes. You know, they're like, oh shit, fucking found footage. This is real. Like people were like freaking the fuck out, flocking to like. And what people don't get is with Saw, there's no other horror franchise, to my knowledge, in history that did what Saw did, where every Halloween for like six years straight or seven years if it's how the tagline was if it's halloween it must be saw and every year you knew it was like get your friends together because you're going to get another piece of this crazy ass puzzle and Mm -hmm. it was just an experience that's kind of lost if you binge it now you don't get that experience but at the time Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun um, I liked, uh, there's a, pre- there's a precursor to saw. It, there were some really good movies. Um, they only had like three of them, maybe four. They're called cube. Did you ever see the cube? Dude. Yeah. Those I, are crazy. Dude. They're fucking crazy. David, you ever seen cube? Never heard of it. Dude. It's a movie for you. It's, it's cerebral. It's about, uh, these people that get kidnapped and put in this government facility underground and it's a giant Rubik's cube and there's traps in certain rooms and they, they take like, uh, an expert criminal and a mathematician, a dude that's got Asperger's that's, you know, crazy smart can do astronomical math, um, in the, you know, right off the top of his head. It's, it's brilliant, dude. They have it's a rain awesome. man to get out of the cube. 
kind of i mean i don't want to say anything <laughs> for you not to see it but dude you should definitely check out the cube it's a it's a little precursor to saw i'd imagine because there's like traps and shit and that's they're really the correlation between the two was there was there anything closer to saw than that that i'm missing because i always put those two together i'm like the cube and saw like a similar form and fashion home alone <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you look at it in a different way, you know, it was basically a I, horror film. I remember that meme where it's like Kevin McAllister is, is uh, Jigsaw all grown Jigsaw, up. Jigsaw, yeah, he grows up. That's fucking amazing. Um, okay, so what other franchises, Dustin, really deserve a book? I mean, you, obviously, you covered you know a couple of the most amazing. You even covered a ride for fuck's sake. What what in your opinion really could use a book? Every franchise deserves a book, and I'm I'm working on it one by one. Excellent, I love it. I love it. I love that. It's a good, uh, it's a good outlook. I, I I would like to see one on um on the American Werewolf movies one and two because the first one obviously is just the most iconic werewolf movie Wait. of all time. Um, American the, Werewolf in London, right? Yeah, yeah, and then Paris. Paris. Paris yeah, I, okay. I, a lot of people hate Paris. I fucking love American Werewolf. Paris was Paris. good. I like that I, one. I, London was. I think I like that one. Yeah. Well, London. I think the there already there might already be in a pretty a pretty killer book that just came out recently. On the oh. first one, I feel like. Oh yeah, that's right. Damn. Didn't yeah, that's right. He did fucking write a book about that. And that's wow. what that's what sucks is when like I want to like I would I would love, and I've I've brainstormed really hard how to write a Friday the Thirteenth book. I mean, this is a yeah. Camp Crystal Lake Cup, but uh, they ruined it with Crystal Lake Memories. Like they killed. Yes the very idea of it and it they did such a good job that it's like i hate them and i love them because i have that book like, <laughs> well, I, I love that, it they did that documentary as well it's like oh yeah 13 hours or something like that. And thanks, they have thanks never, a lot yeah shutter you piece of shit and they have God. like a third they have like a 10 hour long one for never sleep again which was excellent right i, I watched the fuck out of that once again mm-hmm. man, I, I love me some freddy so like the idea of just watching every we had mick strong on uh last week he's the uh he was the oh yeah he's uh, cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah effects guy, guy for for four yep he was an effects guy he was also a, a set producer or something like that set for t- i don't remember I'm, I'm too tired i've been up for 24 hours now so yeah yeah, yeah. i work night shift um mix cool so, <laughs> makes a very very cool dude fucking um he actually wrote a really interesting book about his uh work on three and four and i always praise him for three like i i don't i want to break his heart and be like three is fucking amazing and four is pretty good like mm-hmm. the three the three <laughs> like the nancy saga of it all is really the story right like the, yeah. the rest of it's fine but like you know two four five uh six for even for instance those aren't particularly amazing movies but one three seven those are the fucking movies yeah it's it's so hard because you know the elm street series i love the franchise but i can't deny that one two and three is like a roller coaster going up and then you hit four and it you're going down and you you crash with six Mm. just my opinion that's freddy's dead I, I like Freddy's Dead because it's kind of iconic. It's 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 t- it's top comedy, which is really nice because then you get a new nightmare after that, and it's so gritty and like you know the, it's such a different direction that Wes Craven took. Um, take into the real world, use footage um, from that really uh, horrible earthquake that happened in oh, yeah. at the time, dude. It's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but but six is fine. Like it's it's got him pushing like a bed of nails out and having the dude Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold and shit. It's fucking all in there um two two kind of weirds me out because like i don't know what message they're trying to send like me neither i love it i love to i i like 
two's <laughs> when Freddy finally comes into two. Like the whole like Jaws lead up to Freddy's two, like where he's like really a big part and like lasts like 15, 20 minutes or something. That's excellent. Like when he's like, You're all my children now. That's fucking dope. It's all like oh, backlit yeah. or like, dude, he's so dark in the face. It's so cool. Right. But like the rest of that movie, you're just like, is he in an SM club? Is that his fucking PE teacher? What is going on right now? Where's <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. But the the chest bursting scene is just the stuff yes. of nightmares. Yes. Oh my it's god. It's so good. Um fucking is there a book about poltergeist? There's gotta be, right? Like there that is such a turbulent history of that, those fucking movies. I feel like maybe the first one. I, I've really looked into this. Like I've, I've I've made a list of franchises and be like, no, I can't do that one. No, someone already did that one. This one's a maybe. Like I think someone did one on the first Poltergeist. But but the other do ones a twenty eight days later one. one. Twenty what the British I like those. Film? Yeah, I even like yeah. the second one. Yeah, do a book on those two and then just spearhead and push for a fucking third movie because I feel robbed that I haven't gotten a third one yet. I feel like actually what you could do is you could probably do, um, and we're just going to pitch ideas at you now, Dustin. Yes, but there's a whole time. Interview um, over. We're pitching. You, you could do like um, the craze of Japanese ghost films in the fucking 2000s. Yeah. Like, Holy shit, fucking, dude. The grud. Like, if for some reason, we became super fascinated with just robbing Japan again. We're like, oh shit, they have movies. Let's fucking take them. So would the, books be a, <laughs> would the book be about the originals or would it be about the remakes? Both. 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 Like, why, why they work so well as original originals and, and then their and then, transition to america so and then i as, feel like i feel like the answer to that question i would just have to find like an accountant and interview them and the accountant <laughs> would be like they make money yeah 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 <laughs> there was a lot of yin in those movies <laughs> thanks a lot tom and david this is the shortest book ever released <laughs> 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 I was a really good writer until I met these fucks. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. We're going to ruin your career. We're sorry. Okay, go back to pitching. Back to pitching. What else we got? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> uh, fucking Leprechaun, right? Leprechaun's oh. such a long tail between those fucking movies, between the amazing of the first one with Jennifer Aniston all the way to fucking Leprechaun in the Hood and Leprechaun in Space. Come on, man. That's fucking. I, I like Leprechaun, but I, you know, I, I feel like. I wonder if if that fan base can would support that book. Like, I wonder if I would even get my return on investment back. I don't know. That might be a little too low. Did you see that last last one where like Leprechaun was like not Leprechaun? He's like a gremlin or whatever the fuck. It was like a pre. Okay, so the WWE, like the wrestling federation, they bought the Leprechaun franchise and they yeah, put out I, a fucking Leprechaun. I don't know. They're ambitious and their ambition sometimes outweighs their sanity. So they bought Leprechaun not knowing what the fuck they had and they essentially made a prequel to all the leprechaun movies which is like he doesn't start off looking like leprechaun he looks like a different creature entirely it's it's very very baffling like i i watched it because i love hmm. leprechaun but i watched this movie and i'm like what the fuck am i watching right now where's leprechaun that's not <laughs> very very weird Hold on, that's not the most recent one you've got to see the leprechaun returns oh in 2018 he returned yeah made a 2018 the, movie Steve Kostansky, uh, who did Psycho Gorman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did one. They didn't get Warwick back, but they got a decent uh, replacement. <laughs> they got a guy that sounds a lot like Warwick. <laughs> like, yo, Check it out. Warwick yeah, it's, like? it's a big improvement from the one you're talking about. You're talking about Origins. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a weird that fucking movie. Didn't do it for me. The most obvious, Tremors, right? 
Tremors. There is a oh, there, yeah. there is a good book on Tremors called Seeking Perfection, and I know that because I'm Brilliant. friends with the author. As yeah, well, it's pretty good. That I I love those films. Those were just I, I like them a lot because I feel like not and uh, there's a huge fan base for Tremors, right? Like you, I know about it. I know about it. David knows about it. But we're a certain they're called Preppers now. <laughs> fucking, yes they are they they're all bird gummers now they're fucking like that's a sane guy right there look at that guy he fucking he knows who we vote bless for. him bless him for coming back <laughs> oh i know right he just kept coming back he he was like what the dad from fucking uh father's knows best or what what was he family he family, was like, ties. family ties family ties yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. the dad from, dad from family ties i tried getting him on the show um michael gross passed um but like i really wanted because i i love that first one that first movie is just fucking amazing that i even watched the shitty tv series they put out not too long after that on sci-fi god yeah. do you guys remember when sci-fi was good like back before it was like S Y F Y and it was S I S C I. I would just binge as much Tales from the Crypt as I could, man. That's it. Back when they had like Twilight Zone, they were running Mystery yes. Science Theater 3000. Oh, yeah. Early Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. I got to be there for that, man. Oh, dude. I got, I got, I got to have dude, my MSC through K. <laughs> they'd have some night gallery ever so often. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's. I used that's, to be really good shit. Dude, they never gave enough. And they, of course, they had Highlander and fucking Xena and all the other shows that you're just like, dude, why are you still making these? <laughs> these movies were great, but why are you making that? That's, that's so confusing. Fucking hey. But um, Trimmers is great. I, I love the Trimmers 4 where they go back into the prequel, you know, and in the yes. Old West. That was that's excellent. Really that's, that's one of those movies that can definitely get away with going back in the day because they also have like a, a character building for the Gummer family in perfection. Like mm-hmm. he starts off as a cowardly, like, you know, dandy, and all of a sudden he's right, like, right. you know, gun crazy and then it ends up being burnt with reba mcintyre and fucking it's so iconic like you stepped in the you stepped in the wrong goddamn rec room and fucking posts his head up on a wall and shit the next week <laughs> god damn that movie's excellent my god um i need reba to come back like if reba can just make like a jamie Lee curtis style return to the franchise 30 years yes. later that would be ultimate well fucking um kevin bacon tried like he really pushed to have a new one how made. did that not who, what, what idiot know. didn't greenlight that? Like, what? Like, bring me the head of that executive. <laughs> right? Kevin Shit. Bacon. Like, Kevin Bacon. Did you see the following? Speaking of Kevin Bacon, I thought that was like the last oh, yeah. great thing. Dude, the following was at least that first standing. Dude, so good. Oh, I wanted to get into that show because I love James Purefoy. Well, mm-hmm. plus you love Edgar Allan Poe, and it's all about Poe. Like, that's the entire basis of that show is the second. It's actually scary. It's pretty scary yeah dude it's, gotta, it's wicked scary because it's so plausible people are such sheep nowadays i can convince people to do almost anything like I, <laughs> my favorite thing to do at work is to fuck with people so like a couple weeks ago there's this kid that like i told him one day during break i'm like stop reacting to when i talk to you because it just entices me to talk to you more and fuck with you and like i'm very open about it so for like a week straight, every time I'd walk by this certain part of the, f- I work in a big warehouse and there's like exposed uh, piping and shit up the top and vents and all sorts of stuff. Every single time I'd look by, I'd stop and I'd look up. I just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, give it a look and I'd shake my head like something's wrong. And I'd keep on walking and then I'd go and I'd hide and then I'd see him go to the area and start looking up, trying to find out what I'm looking at. He'd call other people over and be like, dude, what do you see? Oh and I and I got other people in on it. I'd be like, dude, fucking be like, yeah, dude, you don't, dude, the roof's going to come down any day now. And I'm walking away. <laughs> I did it for a fucking month. And that just tells you, the dude, because one day he comes up, he's like, dude, that roof, right? And I'm like, what? 
because I completely forgot all about it. <laughs> what, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, dude, the roof. Like, they really need to replace that roof. I was like, no, they don't. I'm fucking with you. And I walked away. <laughs> and just the look on his face, he's just like, what the fuck? Why? What, you, you get paid to do this? I'm like, yes. And I keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up. Dude, it's so stupid. Fucking what? Um, it, since it is um Halloween, Dustin, I gotta ask, man. Fucking, what recommendations would you be giving out right now? Like, it. Let's say, like my daughter. My daughter it was really trying to get into horror movies. She, um, up until she watched A Quiet Place, then she couldn't do. She hasn't watched a horror movie since A Quiet Place. <clears throat> She's me. She were really attached to one another, and she didn't like the fact that John Krasinski was all like, "I'm noble and dying now." She did not dig that at all. Um, mm-hmm. but I showed her like Child's Play and certain other things. Let's say uh, there was a kid of 12 with some really liberal parents. What movies would you recommend them to watch on this hallway? So I, I have an 11 year old and I've shown oh, her like, like certain, like, like I've shown her one Friday the 13th, Jason lives because that's got the least amount of drugs and sex and gore. Isn't that, <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. Isn't that a weird place to draw a line? Because I tried watching the original with my daughter. I watched, yeah. um, I watched a nightmare on Elm street. And then I tried putting, um, Friday the 13th on the problem is that it's essentially a skin flick with stabbing in it. So yeah. like every five <laughs> seconds we watch like 15 minutes long of a movie. And she's like, what's this movie about? I'm like that mom, just don't, worry about, yeah. it. don't worry about it. <laughs> It's not that she can't. It's not that my eleven-year-old can't see some of these things. It's that I don't want to have to see them in the room with her. Yes, I'm not ready for that. But you you guys are ready for that comfortable, uncomfortable conversation. (laughs) Why is that bush so big? Well, it was the the '80s, honey. (laughs) Get in here. She's asking me questions about Bush, (laughs) the president. No, Uh, I wish. (laughs) You know, my, my recommendations are probably really crappy because I'm going to be like, go watch Son of Frankenstein. And they're going to be like, it's black and white. I hate it. So yeah, I don't they, know. They will say find, think really hard about it, I would say, and find the gateway horror films, like the things <sighs> that will like draw them in and then go for the deeper dives. Like maybe don't start with Ghoulies. Three, <laughs> no, no, duff, duff. But cr- maybe start on critters though. Critters, I mean, Billy Zane's so young in that fucking movie, which bring it all the way back to Titanic. Right. Um, but I was watching Crit- Crit- critters is good. Critters is fucking fantastic, but they both are like that same like micro creature type of deal. The same thing with a uh, puppet master, like because like Chucky's small, oh, right? Yeah. But, they, but these creatures are like super small, and they have to take a lot to make them like threatening. So when you see like a ghoulies or a critters or something, but critters is fucking gnarly, dude. Like that movie yeah. is like falls the wall, like pretty scary actually, even to this day. But you know you can't be like lackadaisical about it and be like, yeah, critters, and then grab critters four because then you fucked yeah. up. You you, you no. can't no. You have <laughs> to build up to that. Um, but then when they try like hiding the cassette player and stuff, be like, what's that? Be like, well, that's a cassette player. Oh, <laughs> right. well, what do you what do you stream on that? Well, you don't. <laughs> Fucking what was on that topic? What was your first cassette, man? Audio cassette. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the sound the prince soundtrack to batman like i was doing the bat dance like no one was watching that's fucking hilarious that's a good one oh my I, that's God. a good one what about you guys what, what was your first what was your first tape david dude i don't think i even got a tape man. i just i no, literally right. went straight to cds and it <sighs> was um honestly it was system of a down 
Ooh, at least it's a good yeah. one. Um, my mom loved me and she gave me the Dazing a Few soundtrack, which really set a pace for the rest of my life. Not only do I love okay. everything of the 70s, but I also love cannabis. So like she really <laughs> kind of put planted that flag super early on. It's got so here you go. Soundtrack. Grow up to be a pothead, son. Kind of, but it's got like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> it's got some of the greatest rock music of the 70s from down south, and it's just top notch, dude. Oh my god, it's so good. Um my first CD though was uh, Coolio's Gangster's Paradise, um, which I'm sure That's must have really one. thrown my parents through a fucking loop, yeah. followed by the Backstreet Boys. Like, and um, why is he listening to this? Oh man, they must have been terrified when you were growing up. I know, right? And I like the Spice Girls quite a bit. Like before, they were like, the, like because they fuck you, man. They were hot. They were so hot. Don't even judge me on that. I love Spice World, you dicks. <laughs> that movie is fucking dope. It's Beatlemania with tits, but it's not the like. I can only imagine your parents looking at you in fear as you're watching that film. Like, like, he's oh, gay. God, he's so gay. Off. Look at him go. Yeah. He is. We lost him. Movie. We lost yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, speaking <laughs> speaking of Gangster's Paradise, it's so is apparent now. Things are so different. Like I have to be really careful when I'm streaming my playlists and my kids are in the room and it'll go to go to Coolio and I just <laughs> I'm not ready for him to know know that part of me that sings Coolio in the car with all the windows down like no one cares. <laughs> oh, I know, right, dude. There's certain songs. You're like kids that grew up in the hood. What is the hood right. you ask? Well, sit down, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my God. Um, so North Carolina, you guys have a just to jump to your state really quick. You guys have a very interesting truck trend. I think we should probably bring up. Um, is it though truck? Whatever you're going well, to say, is it? It's not. It's not interesting, but it's so weird. Um, so David, you are from California. Are you familiar with the Baja truck? It's very like high a food truck. No, it's like in this, it's very high suspension in the front. So when you go over the Bajas in the dunes and shit, your car doesn't bottom out and fucking, you know, crash. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of those around here. Yeah. There's a lot so of people who do like off roading. So shit. it's it's always like higher in the front, lower in the back. Now, South yeah, it's got uh, a weird, North Carolina like, has really picked up on this, but they don't do it to Baja trucks. They just do it to trucks. Dustin, explain yourself. I'm, I'd like you to apologize <laughs> on behalf of North Carolina. I'm sorry. The curtain falls back behind him as his truck sitting there. <laughs> there are line. so many bad truck trends that I didn't know what you were going to say. And I was like, is he going to talk about the truck nuts? Like, I don't want to have to talk oh. about those. Those are up here, dude. The, the, those are universally stupid. I don't know what <laughs> asshole decided to put testicles on his truck. My truck's got balls. Oh, yeah, those, it. yeah. Someone that had very yeah. small ones. That's who came up with a. <laughs> Dude, that's, <laughs> but at least if they were honest about it, I'd respect it. If I saw like the tiniest set of nuts where I'm like, are those nuts? Oh my God, they're nuts. Hey, all right, buddy. It's like actual size. <laughs> um, but let's redeem North Carolina. You guys have the greatest food chain restaurant of all time down there, which is um, Cookout. Cookout is. Yeah, you guys don't have an In and Out. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Right. Better than that. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you, David. Cookout, like you can get two entrees with a real fucking milkshake for a dollar at the end of it all, dude, and get a banana what? pudding milkshake. Oh fuck! Yeah. What the year do you live pudding in? Milkshake is the best. The banana pudding milkshake is the best, dude. And there's like 80 good. flavors. There's like 80 oh, different. Yeah. Literally, Cookout. You know about Cookout? I've got one of like course. a mile from here. I love all it, right. and it's the, so affordable. I don't know how the prices is. they keep them where they're at. Dude, David. So, like, how much of the how much is the lunch box? It's like what, like seven bucks or something? It's five, five, five ninety nine. Dude, you and get, you get a, a you get a drink. A and two, two sides. Two. Yeah, you yeah. Get, it's a big old. It's a huge honking tray of food with a drink or a milkshake, and uh, they'll deep fry anything. I mean, they'll deep yes, fry your milkshake will. if you, you get, want to get your whole tray and just deep fry the whole thing. 
Yeah, it's delicious. It's, I mean, it's not good for you, but fuck, it's delicious. Well, I'm just am- amazed at the price. You guys said five bucks can get you a whole goddamn meal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Oh, you're walking away with like, you know when you get like a to-go tray and it's sagging on one side because it's so heavy with food? It's like that. You yeah. gotta hold it with two hands. Yeah, because it's structurally barely able to hold all the food they're gonna give you. And funnily what? enough, neither your body's also in the same uh, shape when you leave that place because <laughs> yeah. it's just so affordable. You're like, I can get two lunch trays. It's not going to hurt anyone except myself. No. Uh, oh, so well, me and me and Dustin were kind of talking because I was telling him my love for North Carolina barbecue sauce. It's a vinegar based sauce, as I've bragged about before. And it's it's just everything about North Carolina. I love the Rocky Mountains are some of my favorite stuff. I love the weather. Like people bitch about the, the Rocky Mountains would be a little bit more rockier than this. <laughs> they are rocky as fuck, bro. That um, John Denver's like, full of so shit, man. We, <laughs> we drove Rocky Mountain way. Um, we drove down to North Carolina. I'm from Northern Vermont, so like, um, there's mountains everywhere. There's snow everywhere. Like it's a real Canadian wilderness up in this bitch. So as we go down to North uh, South Carolina this year, we drove our car. And we get to a certain point. I'm like, hey, kids, what do you, what's not around you right now? Because they're all on their devices and shit. I got Wi-Fi in the car, Dustin, because I don't want my kids to talk. Um, so we get down to North Carolina. <laughs> and I'm like, what's not around right now? And they're like, what? And they start looking around. They're like, I don't know. I'm like, do you see anything that's not in the background? And they're like, no. I'm like, where's the mountains? And they're like, oh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, different topography. And then I'm like, they don't care. <laughs> they're just like, shut up, old man. You're really distracting me from YouTube right now. Who cares about mountains? We've got mountains. You just have to be over in the uh, western part West to get them. <clears throat> but I'm so I'm so quick to brag about North Carolina's horror history. Like, I'm really, really proud of it. Evil Dead 2 was shot in Wadesboro, North Carolina. We claim it. Whoa. Evil Dead 2 is ours. Yeah, but you guys also killed fucking um, uh, Brandon Lee. So, I mean, I don't know what to say about this right now. My yeah, dad was born in the same hospital that Brandon Lee died in. Not the same time, mind you. <laughs> They're very older than one <laughs> But, yeah. like, I read them. Speaking of books about movies, um, I read The Making of the Crow. Because when I was, like, in sixth grade, I saw The Crow. And Mm -hmm. I was so like goth awesome at that point. I was like, the crow is so like edgy and it understands the pain of life. And and, like, if anybody wants to hack my password, still the crow, by the way, everything. But um, we, uh, Brandon Lee fucking famously died when they were filming in North Carolina, dude. You did that to me. Why, Dustin? Explain yourself. Sorry. I'd like to apologize (laughs) for that too. Fucking this whole thing's gonna be listen to Dustin say sorry for things that have nothing. Can I tell you? Can I here's what's horrible. You know what I thought you were gonna say? Um, this is how jacked up my brain is. King Kong Libs was shot here. Really? Where we killed King Kong in the set in the late 70s. So I thought you were gonna say we killed King Kong and you took it to a much darker place. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we do here. (laughs) Oh, David, here you go. <laughs> fucking something for you. Um, David really loves pirates. Fucking North Carolina, king of pirates right there, man. Fucking they were all about the pirates. That's Blackbeard. True. Blackbeard yeah. was born here. We claim him. Edward Teach. He's ours. Yeah. And then they rip once again, he's got to apologize again after this. Fucking then they're like turn their backs on him. They're like, yo, by the way, so he give us some money and some slaves and we'll totally let you in. He's like, All right, cool. Then he does it, and they're like, So I'm totally legit now. And they're like, No, 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 we we're fucking with you. <laughs> you you might want to leave. <laughs> fucking bastards um so what is in your future 
good sir like what what are you what are you gonna do next like i mean yeah what's up obviously yeah yeah, yeah. what's the upcoming book book what do we got yeah yeah. what do we got yeah so uh, um i I co-wrote taking shape and taking shape two with uh, a guy named travis mullins who has written for dread central and uh some other places and we're currently working on some follow-up projects books and you know i'm i'm just the kind of a jerk that i don't like to talk about what I'm working on until it's done because I can't stand. It's one of my biggest pet peeves when someone's working that. on like a fan film or a book or something. And they're like, Hey, here's the, here's the teaser for the trailer of the announcement. And they <laughs> haven't, they haven't worked on it. Like talk is cheap. Like go work on your thing. Like don't right. hype it, go work on it. And so that's why I've got a policy of, I don't want you to know what it is until it's ready to go. And so um, stop I'm, talking I'm about working, it. Start being about it. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. And so I, we're we're working uh, on on definite things that are very similar to what we've worked on previously, and we we hope uh, you know mm-hmm. readers will enjoy it similarly. I know I'm going to continue to love to read your stuff, man. Like once again, the the amount of like, how long does it take you to write one of these fucking books? Because I, I feel like it yeah, must you said you year. started at he he. Well, you said you started at your first book was at 2014. We're now in 2021, and he's you've had five, six books. You said. So far, the first bit, well, Phantasm Exhumed came out in 2014, but it took five years for that first book to figure out how to do it. Now I can do about roughly a year, a book per year. Yeah. What? A fucking book shaped only Tokyo a year? You're like, that's insane. This is Stephen King speed. (laughs) Are you on track? Let me show you this. I want to show you this. Taking Shape 2, right? This is the second one. It's 600 pages. It's thick. It's 250,000 250, words. The audiobook is 21 hours, I literally. Wow. And Travis, Travis and I did this in a year. Wow. So like we wow. were we were pretty overdosed on Halloween by last October. And so when they announced that Halloween Kills was delayed, I personally was like, don't care. Don't, I need a year. Don't care. Like I can't. Because <laughs> it was so intense. <laughs> Because we wanted to release it, we wanted to get the book out in tandem with Halloween Kills, and mm-hmm. uh, it was really intense making that happen. How how long and after writing Taking Shape Two before you could like sit down and watch a can you watch a Halloween film now? I can. It took me. It, no, I'm I'm not kidding. Like we because not only did we write a, a 600 page book in a year, we read over 3,000 pages of screenplays to write that book. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I added it up. I I did the math. And so, you know, by the time Halloween Kills rolled around last week, I was ready. I got my soul had gotten enough distraction and and stuff. That's fucking phenomenal. I got, I got to say, man, like, first of all, I really, I I know I've said a couple times, so I just really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to do this. It's 930 at night on the, uh, on the fucking East coast for us right now. Dustin basically said, I would love to do this interview with you guys, but the fact is, like, I can't do it on Halloween weekend. It's a really busy weekend, which I totally respect. It's a busy weekend for me as well. But I, I was trying to, I really wanted to squeeze you in just because, you know, obviously, I, I've real I, I love talking to people whose work I enjoy. And I thoroughly I I got 
like almost three days. Okay, so sorry, I keep on stopping myself. My job is kind of boring. All right, I work in a fucking factory. I make helmets for the military. Like I'm a quality dude, so I get to roam around, do whatever the fuck I want, essentially all night. But I listen to audiobooks. That is my sanctuary. Without me going insane, I do it for my family because I love having a house. I love having my family. Make sure we have food and all that happy horse shit that makes life worth living. But the fact is, like, I can't do it alone. I need a, a pick me up throughout. I need some real endorphins pumping through my body and nothing does that like podcasts and books and for almost four days i got to sit there and listen to your work and it just i enjoyed every single second because it was on a um a genre that i love the most of all especially this time of the month it was october last year um it was about some of my favorite horror films of all fucking time and you really put the care and the patience into making sure that you just just throw together some fucking book and slap your name on it you really stood behind everything which i gotta say dude i just i salute you for all that shit so thank you very much man thank you for saying that i appreciate it Oh, of course, brother. Um, so obviously we can't hear about the things that um, you have coming out, but how can people keep track of you so they can keep their eyes open to see what's coming out next when you do the announcements yes. and stuff? Okay, so all of my books I publish through my own imprint, which is Harker Press. And you can go to harkerpress.com, and that's where I do the announcements, and you can you know get the books in Kindle, ebook, Audible, audiobook, and paperback. And you know I'm looking at doing some hardcover editions in the future because that's one of the most frequent requests people have gotten. I try and keep the cost down with the paperback because, you know, mm-hmm. hardcover starts to get expensive. But, uh, you know, now that those are the paperbacks are out, I'm looking at doing those. But, yeah, the harkerpress.com is where I tend to announce stuff. And uh, hopefully this coming year we'll have a couple announcements. Excellent, man. I got to say, uh, David, do you, have any, do you have any uh, questions for Dustin before we, uh, before we sign I off for the night? did want to ask – so um, as you're writing, I know it's I'll try to make it quick, but like, are there any other things that you're writing on just like in general, like, you know, just something that's not like a, a research or sort of like journalistic, something like that's your own originally created stories or anything that you're working on just in general like that? Or do you have any interest in doing something like that? There. No and no. I am not that yeah. creative. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but no, just joking. It's <laughs> <laughs> not J.K. Rowling. He just writes J.K. Rowling sized books, is what he does. He just writes books that you throw on the table. You're like, you want to know some shit about Halloween? Thud. Slap. Like, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm not that creative, I think, to come up with compelling characters and ideas. And I think that is so hard for authors that do that that create their own stories and put them out there because how you get someone to care enough to buy and or read an original story in 2021 that's that's harder than i can't even like really get behind but it's yeah. it's not hard at all to to take something people already love like halloween and write a book on it and get them to want to read it that's an easy thing to market now the hard part is trying to make them satisfied afterwards because halloween is so incredibly thoroughly researched already to come up with anything new even small is uh that's the challenge and we were able to do that in several places and so wow you know i'm i'm that's the that's what i'm most interested in is the research and um the over analysis of these movies um let's leave off on a on a positive note dustin what advice would you give to young inspiring writers just write every single day just do it just i mean don't talk about it don't think about it don't don't put it off make time and write just do it it's like nike right just do it and eventually you'll have something 
Yeah, right. I fucking love it. Um, guys, this has been fantastic. Uh, Dustin, stick. Uh, we're gonna end the show now, but stick around for a couple seconds afterwards if you don't mind. Um, okay. This will bring a close to our "You Suck." What's the difference? Um, spooktacular special. We really hope you guys have a happy and safe Halloween. This has been "What's the Difference" podcast. I am Tom Bruno. I'm David Raby. Go ahead, Dustin. You say your name too. Yeah, you're part of too. McNeil. And we fucking love you. Um, Happy Halloween, guys. Hi, this is Lucas from our real monsters. And um, I would like very much to ask you, if you don't mind, to watch um, the USAC Network with Tom Bruno and Alex. Oh, that's all. I have to go flush myself now.